Hello, everyone. Welcome to Well, Well. This is Jarrell. I'm Rachel. Thank you again for joining us. We have a guest again. It's been a little while since yeah. the interview and to tell their story. So we are here with Emily Merrill, founder of Six Degrees Society. Welcome, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. I love being a guest on your show. We're excited that you're here. Um, yeah. So why don't you do a brief introduction, tell the world, because obviously the world is listening to us right now, <laughs> who you I'll, are, where you're from, what you do, and anything else you want to mention. Definitely. I'll tell your billion subscribers all about it. Uh, <laughs> that's what we're at, right? Obviously. Uh, <laughs> a billion point two now. Yeah, I don't know. We'll Google it when we're done. <laughs> Get back to it. Um, so, hello, world. I am Emily Merrill, and I am the founder of a female-focused networking organization called Six Degrees Society. Um, I put on events across the country, across ten markets as of right now, and we're ebbing and flowing. We're expanding and we're shrinking, and hopefully, one day we'll have world domination when have a market across the entire world. Um, at our events, what we do differently, or like what we like to do differently than other networking organizations, is we handpick who you meet while networking. So pre-event, you get everyone's bios, pictures, job titles, companies, and emails, and I do the hard work for you, and I go through all of that information, and I pre-match who you meet. And the, the connections come from personal and professional and future life self things that I see in these bios. And it's so awesome because people are really express themselves in the bios. It's not just their resume and their accomplishments for their job, but who they are holistically as a human being. So we do those events and we have matches and then we have an hour of programming. And Rachel has actually taught an event for us too. Yeah. I was about to say, I'm going to be a little biased in <laughs> society because I have attended several events. I have hosted an event. Um, but yeah, it, it is incredibly different from the ways that I feel like you normally network and or meet up with people. Yeah. I, I mean, I love, again, I'm terribly biased as well, but, um, I like, I love going to other people's events and being, seeing kind of the awkwardness that happens and feel, feel really com comfortable and confident of what we've created where i I feel like the feeling is always a high at the end of an event and people leave feeling connected in friendship first and then business later. And that makes me really happy to see like the developments that come from that. Yeah. It's such a great environment too, because it's just very welcoming and it's not massive. I feel like that's been my experience with other networking events as well as there's or <laughs> if not thousands of people and you know, you just stand and you're like, I don't actually know what to do with myself right now. So I'm just yeah. going to get my free drink. Yeah, 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 that's me on the urgent text message chain that I have to respond to in the <laughs> corner. And it's funny, even as a networker, I too get anxious at, at going to those events and, um, you know, feel uncomfortable going up to a group of strangers and striking up a conversation, just as you would going up to like a single guy or a girl in a bar and breaking mm -hmm. into their conversation. There's there's an awkwardness in forcing yourself on someone and, um, you know, making, putting your best foot forward. And I, I love the fact that there's this authenticity that I see out of our members and people who attend our events. Yeah, yeah. that's a really good word to describe it, actually. So how did you start this? This is this amazing networking community that is very different than what you normally 
see. And you also, I feel like, get the opportunity to meet with people from all different backgrounds, which is rare. Usually in networking, it's very yeah. focused on meet people that, you know, is in your professional circle versus just meet people from everywhere. So how did this start? How did you get the idea? Why were you inspired to create this? Tell us everything. Well, you nailed that. You nailed, you nailed, you nailed my reason for starting pretty much. Mm. So I was in the fashion industry. I was a 20-something in the fashion industry, living what I thought was my dream job. And it was an amazing job. Um, I did special events and marketing, but I felt like I was using a very small percentage of my brain. Mm. I wasn't problem solving in the way that I wanted to. I wasn't challenged in the way that I wanted to. And I didn't know what was beyond this dream job. And I didn't know how to find it either. And I, I saw a lot of my peers kind of going through the same itchiness of uncertainty. And a lot of them went to business school or got a master's degree because they weren't quite sure what that fix was and what they were looking for. And I wasn't quite ready to commit to a business school or a master's degree when I had no idea what the heck I wanted to do with my life. So I thought, I looked around and all of my girlfriends were so intelligent. Yet when we got together, we would sit with a bottle of wine and we would bitch about our jobs. And we would moan and we would say our bosses are mean or uh, we're not successful or this thing happened and we weren't recognized. Mind you, we were also like, young 20s so uh -huh. this is what you go through <laughs> which is a learning I you know hindsight is 2020 mm -hmm. uh, but I thought that feeling of what a shame that we're not taking this energy and we're helping each other so like you're really great at I want to lose five pounds and you're a nutrition why am I not learning from you you're an expert at excel and I am like googling how to do excel 101 why am I not learning from you and I noticed that I, there wasn't an outlet or there wasn't like a, a platform to, to have these people share their skills and their expertise because they weren't experts yet in their career. So I created one, I sent out this email, which is, I need to find this email and like turn it into a blog post, but it was on my work email, which again, like young, dumb, and naive. <laughs> um, <laughs> sent it out BCC to every girlfriend I had like collected over the years and told them this itch that I was feeling and this problem that I wanted to solve by bringing people of different backgrounds together in one room. And um, it became really well received. We had 45 people that were like, heck yes, I just forwarded it to this friend. Heck yes, she forwarded it to that friend. So my initial idea was to have a bunch of girls in our room, in my apartment, my like fifth floor, New York City's, you know, 600 foot <laughs> square foot apartment mm -hmm. and tell each story. And so thinking that we could learn like a day in the life of this person and this person and this person. And as I, as more people are RSVPing, I'm realizing how boring to learn the story of like 45 people. By the fourth person, you're zonked, like you're, you can't sit still. So with a dash of wine and inspiration, the night before the event, I decided, I, w I ended up um, getting a, an event venue to host us, and I decided to match people instead, and match them based on these bios that I had luckily asked them to submit, and find those commonalities for them, and not have to listen to the entire group, but they get to read about the entire group, and yet, 
they're matched and connected with people that I think would be the most meaningful for them to meet in this first event. Mm -hmm. So from that one event, which was supposed to be a one and done accidental event, um, we ended up, people started asking me when the next event was and the next event and it wasn't a name. It wasn't, it was just a, a thing I wanted to do. And um, from that, it turned into a company called City Society. And um, that was before I rebranded to Six Degrees Society. And um, we hosted one event a week, oh, I'm sorry, one event a month. And with themes and topics that I was really curious about from like how to career pivot to how to start a business to um, talking about motherhood. And then it's evolved as I've evolved and into ultimately leaving my corporate job to pursue it full time in 2016. That's great. So crazy that something that was just basically a social hour in your living room turned into not just your career, but a business. It's a company. It's amazing. And you, you guys are in, correct me if I'm wrong, four cities. We're so technically we're in 10 cities. Um, I totally undershot. See, this, that's awesome. Yeah, so we had 10 cities, we have 10 cities, um, truth be told, the first year of business, I had eight weddings. <laughs> I had a lot of weddings, and I had a lot of, like, bachelorette parties, and as I'm writing, like, cancellations to both of the things, someone would come out of the woodwork and be like, oh my god, I'm like, you totally need to open a chapter in New Orleans. And I'm like simultaneously writing my cancellation email to a bachelorette party that's happening in New Orleans and then deleting it and being like, okay, I can come now. But what was awesome is we got to see so many cities. We got to see these women in that. We do have men who attend events as well, but we got to see these people who are so different city to city and their needs were so different and their wants were so different. Um, but our main chapters are in New York and San Francisco, where we really prioritize one event a week and really are building that community. So when did you know that it could be your career? Like, what, what was the kind of magic light bulb moment, if there was one, where you were like, was, I can do this? So it was like a full body experience. It, um, I, when I first started the first few, the year and a half, first year and a half, it was a silent, it was like a secretive MailChimp um, newsletter community. So if I met you, I'd be like forward you to join the newsletter and that's how you'd find out about events and everything. And a friend of mine um, and a big advocate of mine asked, told me that I needed a website. And I was like kicking and screaming against this idea. I was like, I don't need a website. We're like a secret community. It's so cool. It has to be like friend, a friend, a friend. And she's like, you need a website. If you want to grow the way that you, I think you want to grow, you need this. And she built one for me without even asking. She's like, put it together. And I was like, oh, well now I have this obligation to like do something with the website. I need a, I guess I need to host a blog posts or something. So I started writing blog posts of women I found really fascinating and back to that same problem I wanted to give them um, a platform to tell their stories and I started sharing it on Facebook and a friend of mine from college who I hadn't seen in six years reached out and wrote me this really long message saying how what I'm building really inspired her and she would love if she could help bring it to Chicago 
And I remember this moment so vividly. I was, it was like 8 p.m. I was still at my job. I was miserable at my job. And I just remember thinking like, oh my God, someone believes that this is like bigger than New York. How is that possible? And from there, I just, people kept pushing me towards it. Like I was, I was like that dog that doesn't want to be walked. I was super stubborn. <laughs> like, no, 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 thanks. Like I like benefits and I'm good with a 401k. And, yeah, I love going to the doctor. Um, I don't like that insecurity of like being an entrepreneur yet I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So it's like this, this bipolarness to me. And so I ultimately, the aha, aha moment um, was when I went to my high school reunion. I went to my 10 year high school reunion. And I remember lighting up like a Christmas tree when I took, when I, when I spoke about my side hustle and like kind of feeling laissez-faire and like blah, when I spoke of my, my job. And I was like, I don't want to come back to my next high school reunion and feel that same way. And mm -hmm. so I like this full body tingle came over my body and I just kept saying it out loud. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to start this in January full time. I'm going to do this. I, I'm going to figure out how this works. We're going to launch three chapters. We'll do New York, LA and Chicago and I'll travel every month and we'll do like three events per city. Of course, like everything has changed since that moment and so much. I am so grateful for my, for being so naive to do this, <laughs> but I had no idea what the Well, I was going to say, you were the one who traveled to all of these cities at first, like you were everywhere? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I traveled. Well, I traveled and then this really beautiful thing happened. Um, people wanted to be my ambassador and they wanted to be a part of this experience and this, this growth. And so I, my two first ambassadors, um, Lindsay in Chicago and Brittany in LA were incredible and they were so fundamental and like even helping put in certain practices that we have now at all future, at, at all events that we host. And, um, they really let me, gave me permission to like relinquish control and trust that my baby was going to be okay in their hands. Which is really hard. Really hard. Right. Right. Entrepreneur, yeah. because not only obviously this is something you built and is a project very close to your heart, but also you were trying to make this your job. You know, the yeah. thing pays your rent and allows you to have food to eat. Important yeah. thing, a little bit yeah. for most people. Um, and to put that in the hands of somebody else, I feel like is the very much a white knuckle situation where you're just kind of praying that something is not going to go wrong and like this is okay it's okay but secretly you're you know internally screaming a hundred percent and I mean it was fascinating to think like um I mean I didn't know like how much money I needed to, I think I knew how much money I needed to make but the hustle was so real and things fell into place in really organic ways like I wasn't above babysitting three nights a week. I wasn't above um, renting out my apartment every other month and staying on couches. I wanted to do everything in my power to make this dream a reality. Like once I hit the ground, I hit it hard and I hit it running. And I, all boundaries were able to be put into place where I could say no to dinners that I used to say yes to, like without hesitation. Um, I would take on like freelancing roles, doing projects for like three months at a time to, to pay the bills. It was, you know, it wasn't like this was the automatic solution right out of the gate, but I did everything in my power to make sure that this was not going anywhere. Well, and yeah. I that you shared that part of the story as well, because 
I think we hear people's success stories far too often and success stories are great. They're inspirational. They prove that you can make big dreams happen. But I think sometimes the part about, you know, renting out your apartment and sleeping on couches Mm -hmm. gets put by the wayside. And I think people need to hear that because that's how you got it done. You know, it wasn't easy and it's okay if other people don't find it easy, but that's how you did it. And you can share like, Hey, if this is something you really want to do, Sometimes you have to do some hard things. And it's right. Okay. right. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I think it's really, I, I feel like when you become an entrepreneur, you have to check your ego at the door. And, you know, if you, I lived in West, like in Greenwich Village in the West Village, and it was um, really hard to walk away from a, you know, my dream apartment and living, my, my view every night was the Freedom Tower. And being able to say like, okay, I need to rent this out or I need to, or I need to move and find a less expensive apartment or I need, you know, there needs to be another solution to this. And there's a lot of pride that you have to let go of um, that a lot of people struggle with. And I think that's when entrepreneurs drop out when they're like, it was too hard or like, I missed those comforts of um, my Equinox membership. And I'm like, well, I get that. I'm, find out what the solution is and if, you, if your equinox membership is your non-negotiable then like make sure to babysit three nights a week or like task grab it to pay for your equinox membership um yeah. and make it happen but don't find like don't drive yourself into debt for your business right and i think that just that idea of sacrifice mm-hmm. is so important and, and i think what you're offering to everyone who's listening is that peek behind the curtain to say like, yes, you can, you can do the things that you want to do. You can achieve and live a life that has like real meaning for you. And, and you may also have to make some pretty significant sacrifices to get there. A hundred percent. And you know, what's funny too, is you get so much more creative. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, when you're conditioned to not need to be creative, that's when you become creative. Uh, well, when you need to be creative, you find ways to be creative. So mm-hmm. working out is your jam, then you'll find like a free Nike run club, or you'll mm-hmm. find um, these workout classes that are in the middle of the day that need to be filled and the community rides at SoulCycle. And um, you you just get creative with that. And same with dinner. I kid you not, not like I went to more cocktail parties that were my dinner than like going out to dinner mm-hmm. or, or buying food or, or making food and you you figure it out and yeah. worse comes to worse you get another job right <laughs> you, yeah you, you your side hustle becomes a side hustle again yeah. no and that's such a good lesson and i love what you said about that when you have to be creative you'll find a way to do it, it it's that it's i feel like a big part of it is trusting yourself that you'll do what you have to do when you don't have another choice. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of occasions, you know, Viva Wellness related where when we were starting up, I was like, I don't want to keep moving forward with this, whatever I'm doing, because it's stressful, it's hard, it's mm-hmm. tough, I'm tired, but at the same time, then it's like, okay, but if you're okay. in a position, then what is the option? And you're, you have the thought there is no other option. And so you trust yourself. I feel like when you take a dive into entrepreneurship or anything that you are going to push forward when you have to push forward because there isn't another option. Yeah, you really do. And it's, it's awesome to see. And I feel like, you know, like what you said, when it's hard, it's, it feels so much better once you've accomplished it and you're on the other side of it. 
And there's sometimes I look back at stuff that I accomplished my first year and I'm like, who was I? And like, where did this come from? And how did that happen? And I think I just, I approached it with such openness. Like I was in such a receiving part of my life where I felt like I was on this Alice in Wonderland kind, kind of adventure where every person I met, like introduced me to another person. And I, I would go to that introduction or I'd meet them in person. And then that person would advocate for me and I'd advocate for them and we'd do an event together. And I don't know, it was, it was phenomenal. Like I'm, I'm very proud of young Emily. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it requires so much um, courage and vulnerability just to even, like you were saying, you, you said, like, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to quit my job. Yeah, and, and like, okay. right? And then, but, like, sharing that with people requires so much courage and vulnerability. And I think as you were talking about being open, I was thinking, I wonder, just for everyone listening, like, if that is such an important lesson, just think about all the things that maybe you have missed um, because you were too scared to say what you really want. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you, you didn't feel like you could be vulnerable enough to say, like, hey, I'm working on this. Like, do you, would you like to contribute in some way? So that being open, I think, is such a big part of this journey. And, you know, we're talking about, obviously, we're talking about the sacrifice and the courage and, uh, and the vulnerability of being an entrepreneur. One of the things that we've talked about is also this idea of, like, well, how do you get, how do you maintain, how do you get through that? And so I'm wondering for you, like, how did you maintain your emotional health? Like, did, what supports did you have in place and do you have a place to keep going when you do face those challenges? That's such a great question. Uh, for me, it, it was treating my business like it was a job mm-hmm. and not because I, at that time in my life, I didn't have co-working spaces that I went to. You'd work from home or I'd work from home or coffee shops or out of everywhere. I feel like I work <laughs> one around up in places to work in New York. I can let I can let you know. Um, and I and rather than like just being in your pajamas and opening your computer, I stuck to my workouts and I'm a huge um morning workout person. Like I can do a six AM workout. Six six, 6 AM to seven thirty is my latest that I can do. Anything mm-hmm. after seven thirty, I feel like I ruined my day. So for example I did a nine thirty AM class today and I'm like ah oh, now I'm in between mm-hmm. so I really love starting my day with a workout and so maintaining that that energy of starting my day with a workout um was really important to me and it kept me grounded and it kept me like in a routine of sorts um but truthfully in New York I was I wasn't as kind to myself as I should have been mm-hmm. and I am a little bit regretful of that because I was probably on a path to burnout. Um, I was working really hard and I felt this, I felt like a TikTok in my, in my body, like that I needed to work or else every second, like every second was so valuable and like money dollars were going up into their in flames if I didn't work every second of the day. And it wasn't until I moved to, it wasn't until I moved to San Francisco, I want to say that I, I really learned to like recharge my batteries on the weekends and, um, I usually do my best not to even check email during the weekend anymore and really put that separation into place. So then come Monday, I'm actually jazzed to start working again. And I'm jazzed. um, Yeah. I'm jazzed to, to look at my emails and I'm jazzed to like 
approach the week. So yeah, but that, that was learned. That was learned with age and that was learned with time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I could have slowed down if I had run into a wall. Like I just ha- had so much momentum at that point in my life. Yeah, I feel like you have to learn that lesson the hard way. I don't know if you're a person who hasn't learned how to slow down because at one point you hit a wall and you're like, oh, I guess I'm done now. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, that's also fair. How do you know where your limits are until you hit them and then dial it from there? And I think the goal is just, like you said, to learn from it, to know like, hey, this isn't sustainable. I need to make a change and adjust as necessary. Yeah. And I think that's, again, really important. Sleep was not my favorite thing to ever do. It's still, I'm like the one word person that can survive on like four hours of sleep and run a marathon the next day and just be like, hi guys, how are you? I've made brunch and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Um, I know know it's weird I I, but in New York you can like you can really tap into the adrenaline and Mm -hmm. good at getting into the adrenaline where like I would work till you know maybe two in the morning and then still be cool for my 6 a.m workout class rinse and repeat five days a week but on the weekends I was I was not that a a wreck I was just exhausted and that's Mm -hmm. when I, I did take that time in New York to be selfish on the weekends and not commit to plans um just so I didn't disappoint anyone, including myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but definitely here I'm now being married. My husband likes to go to bed. So he goes to bed at like 8.30 normally. He can fall, to, fall asleep like the second he gets home. But um, we could really go to bed at around 10.30. And, you know, we, we're up at 6. And I'm like, we have so much sleep now. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> I'm so well rested. What is this? What is this like? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, it's exhausting for wasting time. But yeah. It's I fun. love that. You, you, can, you can only do so much, right? There's all the, there's still that little piece of you that's like, sleep is wasting time. I need to do more. Um, but it's good that you, you know, ignore that so you haven't completely fallen over because that would yeah. be a huge hindrance to business. Life. Yeah. It would. And I love um, this year, I've been really keen on vacation. Like I've taken, I think over 45 vacation days and I've done, like, if I take a Friday off, like I'll take a Friday off and not look at my phone and I'm just not caught up as much. Like, so on my honeymoon came home and there was like over 2000 unread emails and probably 45 of them were worth responding to, you know, so, so much of the time we psych ourselves up of hitting refresh and like looking for that next dopamine hit and we really don't need that so boundaries batching um vacation those are all things that i've implemented and i am going to be off for thanksgiving and i am going to be i think our last event is the 17th of december and i will be like checked out nice (laughs) after that Nice. No, that's yeah. great. And I think that is something to, that to really emphasize is that you had such a balance when you first started. Taking off for Thanksgiving probably wasn't an option, right? Oh and my that, God, no. Yeah. You know, I, I imagine you could only think about what could have happened if you just took two weeks off because it wasn't mm-hmm. doable. And whereas I'm sure that wasn't a great time in terms of rest and being able to balance, that's what you needed to do. And then you shifted when you could. And, you know, I think people sometimes really obviously don't take the breaks that they need to, 
But I think sometimes it goes the other way too, where people think there should never be a period in my life where I'm just hustling and mm -hmm. it's exhausting and it's a lot, but I have to keep moving forward. But there, sh there needs to be periods like that or else you're not growing and you're not achieving anything because everything you know, takes a little bit more hustle and effort and a little more of your time than you mm -hmm. probably would want it to right. in the long-term future. For sure. And I, I mean, to the point of vacation, um, you know, I've, I've been that person who's working on a, like a friend's trip, like we'll go on a girl's trip and I'll be like, oh, I just need to wake up early and do some emails or I need to do that. And I come back exhausted from the trip. And um, I'm not quite sure why. And it's because I'm working the whole time and I'm resentful then of my job that I created for myself. And so if, had I, you know, unplugged the way that I probably should have, I would have been so much more recharged and excited by giving myself that preparation to say like, hey, I'm out of office. I will respond in this time. Um, but I think as an entrepreneur, we're so hard on ourselves that we need to always be on. We need to be fast and we need to be responding or we're not doing our job right. Yeah, it's definitely hard to know when to shift that off. But I feel like that's a good message of balance is that you hustle when you know, you learn to hustle when you have to and know when to turn it off when you don't like, right. A girl's trip is not the time to hustle. There's no reason to do that. Mm -mm. Only hustling shots. Exactly. Just yeah. to be clear about that, which is I I'm trying to spread that message and that gospel to anyone that will listen to me. Yeah. Which is good. You know, if you take nothing else away from this, if you are <laughs> on vacation, you are not taking a vacation. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. Totally cosign and underline that. <laughs> Bold highlighted. I right. love it. So what, what's next for you, for you, for Six Degrees? Where do you want to take it from here? Well, so the last year I actually started coaching, which I hated that word. I thought it was super gross. No offense <laughs> to all the coaches out there, but I felt like it was like weeds. Every single person I met was a coach. Mm -hmm. like, I'm a life coach. I'm a sleep coach. I'm a burnout coach. I'm a uh, health coach. I'm a, what other coaches are there? <laughs> Every oh, single, yeah. all the yeah, love coach, like head and nose and shoulder coach. And um, I, I loved helping people would come to me and ask me about how I started and ask like how I did, how I get my venues or how I find my speakers or how I charge my, for my tickets and all these questions. And I'd sit down with them and we would map out their entire business plan pretty much. And then they'd be on with their life and I would see their business on social media or maybe in person, but barely get a like follow up with them. And I hated that feeling. Like I hated that feeling of being a part of giving them a lot of information and then um, not necessarily be able to see it through. So I started coaching, which was really, again, hard for me to like chomp down on that word, I'm, like consulting, coaching, inspiring, um, and helping people on work, working with people one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so I started working with people one-on-one -on -one starting last June, and it's really focused on solopreneurs, female solopreneurs who want to grow their businesses through community, through entrepreneurship, and through partnerships. And I only work with them for four months because I hated that feeling when I worked with a therapist and I was like, wait, when am I done with therapy? Like, mm -hmm. when, can I quit now? Am I good? Are we good to go? And so I didn't want that, that same, and uncertainty for an individual to feel like they need to be they need to be in coaching for the rest of their life 
And I think I've had a coach since the beginning. I've had multiple coaches. And I think it's so important to learn from multiple women or men, like especially as you're building a business. So I want to be someone that gives you a lot of tools for your toolbox, but then you're able to spread your wings and implement them. That's so right. That's, yeah. that's, such, that's such a good mindset to be in, especially in terms of business. It's like you want to give people the tools to succeed and then watch them hopefully use them. Yeah. Something they're really proud of. Yeah. And I want them to surpass me and do better things and bigger things. And it's the thing that lights me up like a really proud mama bear is when I see clients collaborating with one another and when I see them featuring each other and like women of the week or um, on blog posts or in podcasts. And that just brings me like ultimate joy. Um, and yeah, so coaching is going to be a big focus for 2020. I have had a really interesting year too, with lots of learnings personally. Um, and want to write a book, which again, back to the quitting the job, I'm saying this out loud. So you, mm -hmm. hopefully all, all the billion people out there will hold me <laughs> Um, but I want to write a book about like life lessons, kind of like a, are you there? Vodka, it's me, Chelsea mm -hmm. kind of style, like very funny, but true humor about life. And yeah, those are my big goals for 2020. And, um, I was pretty stagnant with my smaller markets this year because of planning a wedding and I'm really, really jazzed to get our markets back and running. So all right, my first market to tackle again is Los Angeles. That's great. And speaking all of those goals into existence, right? Yes. Someone's a publisher or I don't yes. know, somebody works with books, but if you're that person too, feel free. Emily's looking for <laughs> Eat at a Six Degree Society event. That's what they're for. Um, so if people want to get involved with Six Degree Society, how do they do that? Where can they find Six Degrees? How can they show up at an event? Tell people everything they need to know about getting involved. So great question. Um, well, our website is the best place to start. We ha host all of our events on our website, so you can see where, uh, you can see them listed on our website and the dates. I'm trying to get January and February up now, so people can start planning their 2020, which is ex ridiculous. <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, ah. Um, and then I want to. Oh, yeah, and then join our, our mailing list. I, I don't bombard you with emails. I probably under-email people, which is something I'm still trying to figure out the cadence for. So if you have any feedback on email cadence, let me know. I'm, I'm all open ears. But we email out like once a month, basically, and that also has all the events listed. And then we have an app on the App Store under SixDegreeSociety.com where you can sign up for events, become a member. Um, for members, it's awesome. They can go to unlimited events for as low as $40 a month and bring two guests for free each month as well. So it's like the cheapest dinner date out there in New York city. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in totally. So also find all of that. It's an amazing organization. I went to an event where we learned about cheese tasting. Oh, yeah. No, you learned about how to make a cheese platter. That is true. Oh, see, that is actually the takeaway. I, <laughs> I got to, that you got to eat cheese. <laughs> There's so, always cheese. There's always cheese. That is there. right. There was a beautiful platter, and we were told how to make one, and I really focused on that we got <laughs> afterward because that's who I am as a person. I really appreciate your priorities. <laughs> and the cheese was really good. It was really yeah. good. So. It was by a cheesemonger's daughter. That, it that was. Her, 
Yeah. She was also really smart. And the best thing that she gave me was that she told me that cheese actually does not go bad. So once I came to turn, yeah, cheese doesn't go bad. And what happened to your cheese? Like you probably have so much mold on your cheese now. So, no. So she said that if, so cheese is technically, and I'm butchering this. I'm so sorry. Claire is her name. I'm so sorry that I, (laughs) but because cheese is basically already like, quote unquote, gone bad because it, it does, you'd have to have it out for like three-year-old cheese for it to actually go bad. Um, I believe soft cheeses go bad quicker. quicker. Faster. Yeah. yeah. But she was like, if you have a piece of mold or something on your cheese, just like cut off the top and it's fine. Mm-hmm. So once I came to terms with the fact that and I even went back up to her and I'm like, wait, can you confirm this? <laughs> I've basically been throwing out perfectly good cheese and she's like yeah you have and then i had to think about all the cheese i've lost her and then you mourned and i had to mourn terms with it but then moving forward i'm like i'm no longer throwing out the cheese oh my god <laughs> that is so funny you hear it here found like <laughs> life-changing information to the general population however right. i really like cheese so it was monumental She's yeah. probably saving so much money now. You're saving so much money. Right. right. So these are the types of things you learn at Six Degrees Society. Right. <laughs> if you're not, you will receive life-changing information. You know, learn how to run a business, learn how to save cheese. Right. It's all good. Equally important. Equally it's important true. things. It is, it is true. It's personal, professional, and lifestyle development. Because I feel like once you graduate college, where do you learn about cheese a number one mm-hmm. without spending 85 dollars at like murray's cheese mm-hmm. B, where do you learn about all these like embarrassing business questions that you don't know the internet is not helping you answer mm-hmm. accordingly same thing with we did an event two nights ago about dating um and like attracting the right men and it's something as simple as like body language or, or you know the way that the mantra that you have when you go out in the town so all these personal professional lifestyle things and I feel like I hate that the word networking has such a negative connotation and you know I haven't found a better word for what we are because we do have a networking component so we're more of a community than even like a networking we're not like network after work and get your next job, which you might get, but it's, it's so much more. It's more this community where you'll see 40%, we have a 40% repeat per event and 60% new. So you'll always see someone that you know, but always be matched with someone new. And it's, I just love the idea that the world is getting smaller and that we're helping each other and these people from backgrounds that you never would have ever like crossed paths with in your life or, or, getting the chance to connect um, in a meaningful way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, and I think it's just so, uh, you know, obviously the events are open, but I think it's incredible to create this community of women um, because women in business um, really, I think it's good to have that extra support because it's traditionally not a women-led field. And so to have a place where, we can learn all these things, ask these questions, be vulnerable. Um, it's, I think it's just such a, such a, a great thing to be able to offer to people. Thank you. And you'll have to come to our next event. I know. Um, you, we, we've definitely had like the, we've had the one man and like the 30 women or yeah. we have 
we do co we used to do co-ed events which were a hit someone found their husband at our co-ed event i matched them <laughs> there you go that's when so I, nice i know when she sent me that message i was like are you serious like i thought you guys would do well in business together but <laughs> I, I had no idea i was playing matchmaker <laughs> full time so well and to prove there is literally something for everyone just to read off the titles of the events <laughs> from six degrees website the there's one living and working with invisible illness so it's a fireside chat there is a bollywood basics dance party <laughs> a workshop on stepping into your feminine power and leveling up your dating life that was the one yeah that was the one the night fertility and finance Mm -hmm. a do-it-yourself terranium workshop with the sill which all my plants are from the sill the sill is great really um, oh i'm actually reading this i didn't realize they had a san francisco location so. yeah. yeah yeah we're gonna do something in new york soon too so oh, good i love it <laughs> so don't you worry yeah i'm so excited i i'm trying not to murder plants and to like learn how to <laughs> be a murderer yes. to be awesome so i'm Jazz, Eliza, the founder of the cell is crazy. The story I met her when I was in my old, like my old fashion job, and she is. We were talking about doing an event together for fashion, and um, I was hosting my very first event like the next day, and I was like, "You guys are awesome! Like, you should come to this thing I'm putting together." Like, I didn't even know how to use. I don't even know what words I use to describe it. I was like, "This like uh, you know networking thing, I guess, whatever." And she she came. And so she came to my very first event that I ever hosted. Wow. And it is awesome to be, so that was 2014, 2019, five years later, um, full circle. And now that she has brick and mortar stores across the country, we're hosting events together. And Amazing. so the idea of things coming full circle really, really resonates with me. Yeah, that. that's awesome. Um, if, you know, you're not into plants. There's also a workshop about clarifying your next career move and chorus meditation. <laughs> yeah. So literally something for everyone. So please check them out. I promise it's definitely worth your time. Um, they're so much fun and you get so much out of it. And, you know, obviously you can, anybody listening, Emily can tell the passion that you have put into Six Degrees Society. So thank you. No, oh, it means the world to me. Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. And thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you to everyone listening. Um, hopefully we will meet you at a Six Degrees Society event in the near future. Yes, I would love that. And thank you all so much. Thanks, Terrell. Thanks, Rachel. And have a wonderful weekend. You thank you. And if you are looking for where to find Six Degrees Society, you can go to the website. They are on social media. You can find us on social media at Viva Wellness NYC. And I am at Rachel Gersten. And I'm at Jarell Carabello. And we hope that you will join us next time. Have a good rest of your day. Bye.